Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 454 for the 28th of Shvat in a regular year. And today we are going to be beginning chapter 29, and we're going to learn how to start a bonfire. So what does this have to do with Tanya, you may ask? Well, we shall find out. (laughs) So those of you who have been camping before, or even if not, you may be familiar with the idea that if you want to start a bonfire... Uh, if you just take like a bunch of logs, like especially if they're freshly cut logs, uh, and you throw them into a pit and you strike a match, that's not really going to do much, right? It's probably going to take a little bit more than that to start the bonfire. In order to start the fire, you most likely will need to chop up the wood and make it into smaller pieces. And even once you succeed in getting the fire started, at a certain point, sometimes that fire may wane and it might start to subdue somewhat. And so what do you do in that case if you see that like the fire is kind of going away? you most likely are going to need to splinter that wood that's already in the fire or take other wood and splinter it and put it in. And the smaller the pieces, the more likely it is that this fire is going to reignite and become stronger. And so this is actually not my analogy. This is an analogy that the Alter Rebbe himself brings down, and he takes it from the Zohar, where this analogy of splintering wood is used to explain our heart and to explain the fire of our heart and how to ignite the fire of our heart. So specifically, what is this referring to? This is referencing the fact that it's a human condition, which you may be familiar with, that sometimes we could be learning, you know, here we are, we're learning Tanya every day. I'm teaching Tanya to you guys every day. And nevertheless, it comes time to pray to God and speak to God, which is really considered the service of the heart is that time when we go and speak to and approach God and we're just not feeling it. It's just, we're really just not feeling the feeling of the, any emotional connection to God. Our heart feels kind of dull. And so the advice that the Ultra Rabbi gives in this chapter, beginning with today, is that this means that our heart is kind of like this thick log. Of, there's a coarseness there and we need to break it. And through the breaking of the heart, through kind of um, splintering ourselves, just like when it comes to actual physical logs, when those logs are are splintered, this is what allows the fire to become ignited. So too, do we need to crush, so to speak, the coarseness of our bodies, which is preventing the light of God from entering into us. So, and from fully penetrating penetrating into our souls. Now, the other thing to keep in mind with all of this is this idea of the two souls, which all Jews have, which we've spoken about previously, uh, which is really important to keep in mind in terms of this whole topic, because 
without this awareness, without this recognition that we have these two parts of ourselves, our godly self and our animal self within ourselves, uh, we could make the mistake, which many people do actually in our society, especially it's very prevalent in our society, that the animal soul is really our highest self, that this ego that we have is what we should strive to identify with the most. And if we feel these impulses, if we feel these desires, you know, that's a good thing that we want to really indulge and all of that. When really what we're going to be learning about today is that no, that's not, you know, the animal soul is that that's like the human part of us, but we want to get beyond the human part of us. And in order to get beyond the human part of us, we actually have to crush the human part of us. We have to crush the animal to access the godly soul. There are some select individuals who, you know, we call them tzaddikim, who are living on this level where their true selfhood, their true ego, their true humanity is one and the same as their godly soul. But this is not most of us. Like for these, those kind of people, those people who are living on this like higher type of existence, the ultra is going to talk about them towards the end of the section today. He's going to talk about how for them eating even the mere act of eating is a very different experience. When we eat, why do we usually eat? We usually eat because, you know, we like the food, we're hungry, we're craving a certain flavor or whatever it is. But for tzaddikim, for these very high people, I mean, they eat too, but for them, they actually see eating as a chore. They see it as, uh, as it's like they're feeding a pet kind of, you know, like their pet. It's like, because to be alive, there's an acknowledgement that we have to have our animal soul to keep us alive. Um, and there, our body is what allows us to do mitzvahs. So this is a very, you know, important part of being alive is our body and our animal soul. But Tadikim have their priority straight and they realize that, you know, they shouldn't, become over identify over identifying with the animal over identifying with this human part of ourselves is actually very detrimental and they uh and they don't do this you know and they actually see it to the point that they that they actually see that while they're eating that they're feeding this beast within themselves so imagine you know how what a what a different kind of existence that would be to think of eating in such a manner. So let's get into the text and see how the Alter Rebbe explains all of this. So just for a little bit of context to bring you guys up to speed, but again, always go back and best to listen to the episodes yourself to bring yourself up to speed. But we've been talking about this character known as the Benoni, which is the intermediate man, which is something that we are all striving to become, hopefully, uh, which is the person who still has evil impulses within them, negative, destructive impulses that can propel them to do things that aren't great, but yet he's in full control of himself and it's a constant struggle. And we've talked about so far, or recently we've been talking about this idea of the struggle of inappropriate thoughts that a person might have and how a Benoni is to contend with these kind of thoughts and to what techniques they can use to push outside the, these thoughts. We've also talked about what to do if a Benoni becomes, how, how does a Benoni grapple with feelings of sadness? So today we are going to talk about another struggle that the Benoni might have, which is what happens if sometimes the Benoni has feelings of a blockage of the heart. So it's called Timtum Halev where the heart becomes like a rock and he's not able to open up his heart in any way for the surface of the heart, which is tefillah, which is prayer. And also yet, yet other times there are times when the Benoni is not able to fight with the, 
with his impulses in order to sanctify himself with that which is permissible to him. So that's another topic that we talked about is this idea of delayed gratification, of sanctifying yourself even in areas that are permissible to. to. And so sometimes there are times when the Benoni feels this heaviness in their heart and are they're finding it difficult to fight in this way and to sanctify themselves with permissible matters. So what is the advice that is given to them? So the Altarba says that the advice is given actually in the in the Zohar. And this is taken from the Zohar, the third part of the Zohar on page 168a, where it where the president of the Academy of Gun Eden said that a wooden beam which does not catch fire should be splintered. And just like this, a body into which the light of the soul does not penetrate should be crushed. So what does this mean? This means that the light of the soul and of the mind does not shine sufficiently in order to rule over the materiality that is within the body. And so even if a person understands and meditates in their minds on the greatness of God, he doesn't really grasp it. It doesn't stick in his mind so much to the point that he's able to rule over the physicality of the heart due to the materiality and due to the coarseness of the heart and of the mind. The reason for this, the reason for the heart being so material and so coarse is the coarseness of the klipa. So remember we learned about klipa, so it's it's hard to continuously translate these terms, but the klipa is the husks that uh, conceal godliness um, from being manifest in the world. So the coarseness of the klipa that elevates itself over the light of the holiness of the godly soul, this coarseness of the klipa is what conceals and hides the light of the godly soul. And so thus, for this, a person needs to crush it down and to bring it down into the dirt. Meaning, what does this mean? A person must set aside specific times to humble themselves, to see themselves as really lowly in their eyes, like really despicable and contemptible. And here the altar rabbi cites a verse from Tehillim, chapter 51, 19, which he had actually already alluded to previously, if you go back a few episodes ago, where it says, Belev nishbara ruach nishbara. So that a broken heart leads to a broken spirit. And what is this spirit that we are breaking when we have a broken heart? This is the spirit of the sitra ahra, of the other side, the side that conceals godliness. So this is, and what is the sitra ahra? This is the man himself in the case of a benoni, because the animal soul, which is what gives vitality to the body, is in its full force, like it was at birth in the, in the heart. And this, and thus we find that since the animal soul is in its full force, like that in a person's heart, we call this, you know, we identify so much with our heart in this way that this is what we call the man himself. The man himself, what is a man? A man is basically their animal soul. And when we talk about the godly soul, what do we say about the godly soul? We say, and we actually say this in a prayer every morning, we say, Elokai neshama shenatata bi teorahi. So the, if we break that down into English, it says, uh, God, this neshama, this godly soul that you gave, you gave to me is pure. So then the altar of specifies and says, look at that. It says here that you gave to me specifically. So who is Hashem giving it to? So Hashem, it means that there's this godly soul that's being given to the man. So meaning that the man himself is not this 
this uh, pure soul. Sorry to break it to you. We are not our pure soul. Our pure soul is something that is given to us. And rather, we our true identification, who we truly identify with, is actually our animal soul. And then the altar says, so this is different in the case of Tzadikim, righteous people, that with them, it's actually the opposite. That their godly soul, their pure soul, is the is there that this pure soul which is the godly soul this is who they really are and their bodies are called flesh of man so it's like for tzaddikim they they really identify for first and foremost with their godly soul so the altarist says and this is like how hillel hazaken said to his students so hillel the elder Whenever he would go to eat, he would say that he was going to do kindness and chassad to the poor and lowly creature who is the body. And so he really thought of his body as something foreign to him, something different than him. He didn't identify with his body. And this is why he said that he's going to go do some kindness with it. Like he's going to it's like he's going to give charity to the body, basically, and in the fact that he's, feed, he's feeding it because he himself was really just the godly soul alone because only the godly soul for Hillel the elder was vivifying his entire body and his flesh because the the negativity, the evil within him, which is in the animal soul that is vested within of his blood and his flesh actually transformed into good and became encompassed in the holiness of the godly soul, like for real. And this is what happens in the case of Tzadikim. But in the case of a Benoni, in the case of an intermediate man, since the the existence and the intensity of the animal soul is the the vital animal soul that comes from the Sitra Achar that is vested within the blood and the flesh does not transform into good, then we consider it as this is the person themselves. So that's the section for today. So just to just kind of sum that up is that for somebody like Hill the Elder or other Sadiqim, they are able to identify themselves as being their their godly soul because they have succeeded in having their godly soul win the battle of in the body over the animal soul so that the godly soul is the one that's in charge and the godly soul is now the one running the show and you know we've talked about this previously earlier in other episodes about this war that is constantly going on between the godly soul and the animal soul so for tzaddikim they have won this war they've had their godly soul take over and so now the soul vivifying force within them is this godly soul to such a point that they no longer identify with the body and with the flesh and bodily needs to the point that we see that with hell the elder he actually anytime he had to eat he actually had to kind of like make this like conscious choice and say oh i'm gonna go do something nice for my body because you know i know we need the body to live and god created us like that so i'm gonna feed the body because i know it's important but it's not because he felt this craving the way that we all do and this like hunger and in natural quote-unquote human kind of sense so this is not the case for most of us why because for the in the case of most of us we did not yet win that war so we have we still have that constant war going on between the godly soul and the animal soul and if anything the animal soul a little bit is kind of is kind of winning and in, in the sense that it is the one that is giving us these primary impulses and desires and everything which really shows that our true identity at least as we are in the state of being a Benoni, is really with our body and our animal soul. Which is why the remedy for the dullness of the heart that we sometimes might experience in trying to connect to God is really remedied by uh, breaking our hearts, breaking our animal. The same way that like 
physically, if you want to make a bonfire, uh, you have to break up that wood. You have to splinter the wood so that it catches fire. So that's it for today. And we'll continue with this chapter tomorrow. I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.